rolling. That's right. It's me. Retired art teacher, billionaire playboy, heir to the Crayola crayon fortune, Christopher Crayola. No, it's Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. I'm just, I'm wearing ripped up blue jeans, but not the stylish ones. How you doing over there, guy? Doing very well. You Thanks rec- for having me back on the show, Will. You, you recognize the voice yeah. listeners. You re- Tom, I'm, I'm going to ask you to pipe in a little bit of applause behind that, because it's Tom. He's oh, back. shit. He's back. He's do- wow. yeah, I, I what can, a warm welcome. I can do stuff like that with this guy here. That's He's stepping from behind the editing board. I actually banished you to behind the editing board and not in front of the microphone for several seasons of the Heavy Hole podcast. I said a bad word. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said he said beard oil. No, yeah. I'm just playing with you guys, man. I got friends with the beards. I got friends everywhere. Watch out. I'm, I'm listening. I know you Stay guys. Stay careful. I know what you guys are saying about me out there. <laughs> beards are fine. Yeah. No. Truly, Christopher, Christopher Crayola is not paranoid. He's. I'm. 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 I'm major key right now. You can't build Dude. an empire without a little paranoia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true, man. That's definitely true. But listen, enough about me, Tom. How you been, man? The listeners want to know. Mm, I don't know if they do, but <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm busy hanging out. Uh. Last time I saw you was, I don't know, a month ago? I, I saw you, but you didn't see me. I, I was watching you. I, I was at your wedding. This is, it happened. Now I'm scared. Now Congrats. I'm going to start a crayon enterprise. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah, I was, I, I was the one handing out crayons at your wedding. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't see me in the technicolored suit? I looked like uh, uh, CeeLo. Like uh, rapper slash entertainer CeeLo. That's a good look. Yeah, I, I had that thing going on. No, yeah, sh- uh, shout out to you and your wife, congrats, and your whole family. Thanks, uh, man. Big, big congrats. Yeah, it was cool. Very cool. Uh, you began powerlifting, no? Kind of, yeah. Um, I look different now, right? You did that to get into the tux and look good at your wedding, didn't you? Um, I'm still doing it. That's grown. I like, no, that's, that, that's pimping right there. Yeah. I like that. I, I did want to fill out. All right, here, I have a problem. I have a fat man problem, and I'm not a fat man. Am I about to get kicked off the podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hang tight. Um, I apparently have the neck of a fat man. Uh, me too. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. It's I'll impossible. I'll impossible I'll for stop. me to buy shirts. Wow. So when you go there, they're like wrapping the thing, the tape around your neck, and he's like, whoa, 18, 19, 20? I'm, at, I'm an 18 and a half. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. A guy my height, they average at 15 and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that's from. Uh, you're, uh, what, what are you, are you Norwegian or what do you guys, no, you and I, Justin are like, Pol- you, he's, we, we don't, I don't think we share any of the same ancestry. What, what Nordic lab on, yeah, I'll believe that. What Nordic yeah. lab were you guys grown in <laughs> underground before they, they, Put you in Huntington. Well, Finley That's Middle School. Part of the experiment. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, you guys, like, like, tubes just popped up in the Finley Middle School gym and six foot eight <laughs> Justin in seventh grade. Just Were you guys this yeah. tall in, in, in school? Yeah, like, we were both really tall. Man. Um, was that an advantage I mean, or was it awkward? No, I mean, when, the, when you're tall, everyone thinks the world is like your oyster, mm. but it's the size of a fucking oyster. Like, nothing fits. <laughs> like... The whole people being upset about man spreading mm. on, on a train. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm doing yeah. that right now. But it's because the goddamn seats are built for women. God bless them, but we're different sizes. Oh boy. Um, yeah, the, uh, this couch is not, well, this couch is kind of built for me, but only because it's a couch. It's a couch. But you're, you're, com- <laughs> yeah, you know, you see one of these in the subway, you wouldn't touch that but at all. I- 
I, I, you know, if I saw a couch in the subway, I wouldn't take it home. No, I might if I'm if it was after if I had just played a show, I might be tired enough to to sit down on it. Maybe. I can't wait to throw this fucking couch out. The no, first band I ever recorded down here, this is um, this was their payment to me. Was the couch really? Yeah. Was it new then, or did they give was, you a used? No, couch? they they got me a new one, but I had to like punch it out of them. Wow. Yeah. They, oh, so they. What did they ruin an old couch? No, I. It was like I had just done this place. It's my parents' basement. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I don't spend time here anymore. I basically just re- record podcasts. I spend more time here than yeah, you, pretty much. If you leave um, for the bathroom for ten minutes, I just spent more time than you. <laughs> but I'm all yeah, like uh, I'm just down here all the time. This ca- I just fucking hate this couch. God damn it. Well, it's accommodating for me. I might have to take it off your hands if you want it. You can have it, man. <laughs> I I don't want it. All right, I'm man. Over it. Anyway, enough about cat. What's going on with you? Oh, uh, whole lots of stuff, man. International Playboy Christopher Crayola over here. No, um, uh, shout out to everybody out there, man. It's been a little bit while. We've been playing some shows. Uh, thank the good Lord, we've been getting out there performing. I've been yapping about it. Some other stuff coming up. We can't announce yet, but keep your eyes on Reeking Aura. We're going out there on the road in November with Hath and Carrie Unveil. Um, and uh. uh other stuff on Long Island coming up. I don't want. I just told Tom behind the scenes. Don't tell them, Tom. I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, you know, we're just keeping busy, man. Good to get out there and good to see everybody. Shout out to everybody out there on the road and uh, Long Island and beyond, man. And keep your eyes peeled. Um, but listen, man, you talked about throwing away old things, getting rid of them, getting yeah. rid of the old junk, uh, powerlifting. I talked about Long Island. Surprisingly enough, if you got some old junk that you are thinking about get rid, getting rid of. Check it for classic heavy metal and hardcore punk demo cassette tapes before you do that. And then power lift a whole carton of them over to my good friend Tom Meehan of the Long Island Heavy Metal History uh, Facebook page and YouTube channel, who has spent the last few years curating uh, once long lost and at peril in danger. We're going to talk about a demo that was endangered. Literally, there was like one remaining copy um and we're also going to go there into the the catacombs literally of long island this is not for the faint of heart or for the casual listener who doesn't understand why we talk about long island yeah i guess if this if this is your first episode and uh you're going deep then yeah maybe we're about to you ever hear suffocation internal bleeding pyrexia one of those rings a bell uh slow down underground guy uh we're but we're gonna go way deeper we're going we're going into the 80s and beyond tonight man uh enough i'm gonna ring up the time machine make sure the delorean the seat goes back far enough for me and get the seat belt extender that they use yeah right, right, right i'm gonna need that call up the dock let's go This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with Tom Meehan, who is the uh, collector and curator behind the Long Island Heavy Metal History uh, Facebook group and YouTube channel. Did I get that correct? Uh, Yeah, what's up, guys? Yeah, that's correct. Will, thanks for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, Of course, man, and thank you for taking the time. I've been meaning to have you on for a while now, um, and I'm glad we we could, you know, we could finally... get it together now my booking is a little hectic um you have curated over the last what's what's it been about two years now three years 
Yeah, it was pretty much like um, kind of like a, co- a COVID project. So that's when really the group really kicked off. It was like right, right at the beginning of COVID when everyone, you know, kind of locked down. That's when the group really started picking up steam. So, yeah, it's been it's been like a solid two years. I probably started working on it closer to three years. Yeah. OK. And this is for for the listeners. This is a Facebook uh, group, but it's also a YouTube channel where um, you've managed to rip um, good, good copies of a lot of long historical, I'll say, Long Island heavy metal and hardcore and everything in between kind of demos from the late 80s and early 90s specifically. A lot of stuff that we haven't even touched on in this podcast as much as we've talked to members of Pyrexia and Internal Bleeding and so on and so, and, uh, so forth. So um, before we get into all of this and your own projects that you're working on and that sort of thing, Tom, I'm going to give you the typical yeah. Heavy Hole podcast rundown. Uh, are are you from a musical family? Any musicians in your family? Or I'll say also in this instance, maybe collectors, curators, pop culture collectors in your family, or anyone at a young age who steered you towards that route or got you into heavy music? All right, for sure. Um, I guess gr- growing up in my family, not so much any musicians. So, you know, I grew up in Merrick. I'm from Long Island. Um, my brother is really the one who got me into heavy music. Um, I'm talking back like probably around like 98, 99. Um, so basically, you know, I, I wasn't really listening to much. Um, I was in elementary school, you know, and then um, in right around 98, 99, that's when a bunch of things kind of like came together for me for with music, at least. My brother was always a huge heavy metal and hardcore fan. Um, and also my friends were all getting into metal at the same time, but you know, and back back then at that time, we're talking, I still have all my CDs from back then. I'm just looking for my book. Um, back then at that time, really the major, the major band for us kids was Slipknot, right? Mm-hmm. This is my very, this is like my very first CD. I think <laughs> I got that from, uh, you know, Sam Goody at Roosevelt Field or whatever. With my, made my mom take me there. As soon as we, as soon as we all heard Slipknot, dude, like, that was it. We weren't, we didn't know anything about death metal. We didn't know anything about thrash. It was just, this is what, this was like the, the heaviest, biggest thing that was out. So I got the slip, I got the Slipknot CD and I got, um, that same day, I probably got like, I don't know, Guns N' Roses or something, whatever was on sale, uh, at Sam Goody's. And then, um, my brother came home on leave and he was like, he was like Slipknot, like that, that shit sucks. Like you can't listen to that. And then he gave me my first my first set of CDs, which was like, um, you know, Chromags, uh, Age of Quarrel, which and Warzone, you know, don't forget the struggle, don't forget the streets. And I I wasn't ready for that stuff yet. I didn't I didn't like I remember I didn't like the vocals. I don't I don't think I really got it at that time. I'm like in fifth, fifth grade, sixth grade. Um, But what he gave me also was Vision of Disorder, the still EP, the CD with like, you know, the the painting on the front. Yeah. yeah. Um, And that was that was the one that really got me was was the VOD. Um, So from there, I was like, I I want more of this stuff. And um, he probably gave me like Agnostic Front, like something's got to give. I remember liking that when I was a kid. I'm just flipping through. He gave so, me for the, you know, vision of disorder for the bleeders imprint. So I was like getting, getting into VOD when I was, you know, in like sixth grade, nobody knew, <laughs> nobody was really into that stuff. You know, at that, th- at that time, everybody was into like static X, Slipknot, 
Mudvayne, Corn, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Um, so I was listening to that stuff with my friends and also listening to, you know, some of this heavier stuff at home. Um, that was kind of like, that was kind of like how I got my start. And um, from there, you know, I remember my cousin giving me, once he found out I was like starting to get into this stuff, my cousin from Oceanside, John, Johnny, Johnny Burns, he gave me the Misfits CD, Legacy of Brutality. Wow. Okay. And that, and um, also Pennywise, he gave me like a Pennywise CD and that shit like blew my mind. I was from there, I was like into the heavy Slipknot metal-y kind of stuff, new metal, I guess. And then I was like into punk a hundred percent, you know, the, the Slipknot CD got, got put in here for like a hundred years. And then I was just like into punk. That was it. So then, um, you know, now going into seventh and eighth grade, I was just like huge into mis like misfits, Ramones, um, misfits, Ramones, probably like still VOD, you know, that kind of stuff. And then I started getting more into the hardcore, probably in eighth grade going into ninth grade that was when um so we're talking like early early 2000s i guess early 2000s i was getting then i got you know i busted out the chromax cd and the warzone cd and i was getting into that so it was very much like what people gave me is like what i was listening to you know what? i wasn't really wasn't this was before like you know being able to download music that that hit hard for all of us kids, you know, we were always like on Soul Seeker, on Napster or whatever, downloading new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was pretty much it. And then I was into punk and hardcore pretty much through all of high school, getting into, you know, heavier and heavier bands. But yeah, just, you know, just heavy punk stuff. Um, we started going to shows probably like 10th, 11th grade, but they were all, you know, they were all hardcore and punk shows mostly we were like heavy into that scene me and my friends um we were going to like probably like molly blooms molly blooms too <laughs> yeah all man, that yeah. sort of stuff i'm talking like yeah. really like now i'm talking like oh five oh six oh seven so was remember, um, refresh my memory now molly blooms yeah. was that what they were calling the place that would become revolution at the end of 110 yeah. in amityville there that it was right. called molly well, Blooms. yeah, yeah. Okay. One of the Molly, one of the Molly Blooms. I don't know if it was one or two, but that was the one that was in Amityville. Wow, it was called Crawdaddies when I first started going there in the late '90s, and then I guess Molly Blooms was the next thing, and then it was Ollie's Point, if you remember that briefly before it was yeah. Revolution. Yeah, yeah, yes, man. right. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So that's that's really what I was into high school. I wasn't I wasn't into a lot of the um, the thrash and death metal stuff like that came late that came for me that came later i'm like i'm getting into all this stuff late later now not like a lot of people get into it when they're a kid i kind of missed it and did like i was into only punk and hardcore and i that's still what i like now um pretty much into like hardcore and crust and that kind of stuff um but that's when we were like really really into music going to shows all the time but it was all you know the local bands um I remember like the website lipunks.com. Uh you you might have been like more into the metal scene, so I don't know if you were in yeah, that, that whole that whole that, community. That's probably gonna be a thread in this conversation, is that because when we get to VOD and that sort of thing too, you know, I was just kind of I had my radar on other things at the time. Even yeah. though you know, even though I'm in that that age bracket, you know, but I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, it's funny, you know, like even in Long Island 
the everyone comes up with like some kind of music, but everyone just looks at us like we're kind of just like the metalheads or whatever. But it's very like, you know, I was only going to the punk and hardcore shows. Maybe you weren't going to those. Maybe you were more going to like the heavier stuff, the death metal shows and stuff like that. Try, trying to, but there, I've all, you know, we had like my friend John Berg on and some other people recently who talked about the Hobo House here in Huntington where they had a lot of basement shows with punk and hardcore bands. And sometimes it's just a matter of what's what's convenient, especially when you're younger and you yeah. can't drive or you don't yeah. have a reliable car and that sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Long Island's, Long Island's always had a strong punk hardcore scene. Metal is definitely coming back with this younger 20s generation now, you know, as we see. Yeah. But so let me ask you this. I mean, your brother who is, uh, you know, handing you down war zone and that sort of thing. He was obviously keeping it pretty real in terms of New York hardcore. Definitely. Definitely. Um, My brother is huge into that stuff. Um, he's 14 years older than me. I think that had like a big, a big thing to do with it, you know? So he, he grew up in the eighties. So he was always, you know, taking the train to the city to go see these bands. Like when they, mm -hmm. when they were like, you know, playing CBGBs like matinees and stuff like that. He was, he was there for all that stuff. And then he was passing it down to me. So he was, he's like um, a huge credit, you know, for getting me into this stuff, whether it was even like Iron Maiden and like Blind Guardian, like he gave me those CDs too, mm. but he also gave me like, you know, got me into all this stuff, the Mad Ball, the Agnostic Front, all that kind of, all that hardcore stuff for sure. And that uh, later on, I would find out that he was like also into Merciful Fate and Sabbath and, um, you know, all that good stuff, King Diamond. And that I didn't really get an appreciation for that, for that kind of stuff until even more recently, you know? So where does the fascination with these demo tapes from the late eighties and nineties, I kind of see it, you know, with, I guess it's uh, your brother's a big influence and, um, you know, having some kind of like firsthand knowledge of what of what that scene was like and that sort of thing. But have you been like curating these from from other people's collections or thrift stores? Have you been seeking them out on Discogs? Like 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 when did this begin? Uh, yeah. And does it predate the the sharing it on Facebook and all that? It predates it a little bit for for me personally. Coming up, like we we were into music. We weren't we were going to shows, but it wasn't our main thing, like me and my friends, we were mostly skateboarders and we were always, always driving around the whole Island looking for skate spots. Right. Yeah. So once we hit like the end of high school and into college, that was, that was like what I took the most seriously. We kind of even like stopped going to shows and stuff. I, I know for me, definitely, you know, skateboarding was, was my main priority. Um, and, you know, hanging out, hanging out with my girl and we ended up getting married and everything, starting a family. So this was all kind of like happening parallel. Mm. Um, so we were always like hunting around Long Island. And if we weren't if we weren't hunting for like the skate spots and going skateboarding everywhere, I, I was with my girl. You know, we were going to thrift stores and we were hunting for whatever we were into, like weird, weird stuff. First, we started collecting like travel books. Um and then we would just look for like weird antique stuff to put, to put around wherever we were living at the time. Um, and then I have to, I have to mention this. Um, the one day that, that kind of kicked it off for me as far as like getting into collecting the media was um, I found this, this VHS tape. Okay. Return of the living dead, because I can't, I can't really talk about it's a little grainy. 
We did a Halloween episode. I think it yeah. might have been last year, or the year before, where we where we talked a lot about that movie. That is a that's a Dude, that's a rock like, and roll classic. Yeah, this is like the best movie, and I I really can't I can't talk about collecting like cassettes and stuff until I I get into like the VHS because that that is what like really hit me. Like hmm. I'm probably talking like 2013. I found this at a thrift store, and I just started I just started buying up all all this stuff like wherever I could. Now like. The VHS tapes are like getting really tough to find and, and really expensive. But whenever we were on our, you know, our hunts, hunts for videos or whatever, um, then, you know, slowly I started picking up more music. I started picking up cool CDs that I would find, you know, because before before this, before I started col- collecting media, all my shit was like, you know, on the computer or whatever, just stuff that I had over the years, you know, on my hard drives and stuff. Then I found, um, you know, cool CDs and shit, cool metal CDs, hardcore CDs, whatever I would find. And I would take them home. My collection started getting like a little bit bigger. And then I started getting more serious into looking for music. Um, you know, this stuff, the, the movies are almost impossible to find now. Um, unless you're looking for like DVDs, those are easier. So I started looking for more music. Just It was more, came, it more came out of like just hunting around for stuff than it came out of like hey i really want to like find these old these old demos like that yeah. wasn't the that wasn't the impetus right it was just hunting and like finding cool shit um but then one day i was at one of my you know dirt dirt shops you know digging around and i found i found this sucker no escape nice nice beyond, beyond reality. reality yeah all right and i could tell that like this was like a homemade thing and then so this was like in a it was like in a rack right with all these yeah. other cassette tapes like kenny rogers and all that shit hell yeah and i'm like i'm like all right like what is this maybe this is like you know i thought maybe there's like some punk rock stuff or something and then i i finally saw the cover of it and it is like totally bad like hell yeah hell yeah dude this is yeah you, you, I, you're, I'm sorry, but you're like taking me through one of my personal like favorite hobbies right now. This is where it hits because you go through so many racks at these thrift stores and junk shops till you find something that crazy. That's awesome, dude. Yes, and that's that's exactly like that's kind of like what keeps driving it, you know. And it's to me, to me, it's all the same. Like Here, you can I, drive through a hundred side streets and find one awesome skate spots. Yeah, man. I, I found I found inner strength tape right inner strength tape. I found that at the. Uh, Selden Thrift, I think, on Middle Country Road. There, the fo- look at the f- chrome foil on the cassette. Oh, awesome! Yeah, what man. happened to that place? It's not there anymore, right? Is it still there? I, I haven't been there in a while. I'm not sure, man. A lot of these places are always closing. I got well. I got to ask you what because you yeah. said you said dirt spot, man. There was a place. I can't give away my spots, man. I, well, they, they, it closed down. It closed down, but it was yeah. right by. Uh, uh, shit, what was that road? It was right by the um, the. Suffolk uh, University campus off of um, uh, the LIE all the way out east. I think that's in, was it in Riverhead or Selden or something like that? Um, Suffolk there, County Community? Yeah, there was a guy that just, there was a guy that just had, like literally had like a, a lot and an old barn and had it was full of old junk out there and he closed down. Oh man, I, I might never have gotten that far out because like for a long time I, I worked at Stony Brook, yeah. so I would always hunt around there, yeah, you know, and I was yeah. always... It, I was always finding stuff. And like I said, like this was all kind of the same thing. Like I might drive around looking for skate spots and then <laughs> yeah, be like, yeah, oh, yeah. oh shit, there's a record store right here. Like, let me go in here, you know? And I remember 
one day I was driving around for work and this, this might've been at, at my more recent job, but I was driving around for work and I, I was just like in the, looked through the back door of a warehouse and it was just like, dude, it was like a dream. Like I dream about this shit, but it was just like racks of CDs. Mm-hmm. And I went in there and I was like, what the hell is this place? Like, it wasn't a store, right? It was like a warehouse. And they were like, oh yeah, we're like an online distribution for, you know, some, some like online sales thing and racks and racks of CDs. And it was all, but it wasn't secondhand. It was like all new stuff. Um, so I just started poking around and, uh, then they had like huge boxes of cassette tapes underneath the racks, right? Like huge totes. And they're like, oh yeah, that's like just some crap. Like we never, we never use that stuff. And then I found this in there. <laughs> I should have, should have mentioned like these guys were huge for me and my brother, like What's underdog. underdog? Point. I, I, I don't know them very well. I know the, the name. Kind of, yeah. Band, yeah. Oh man, this that was is a, like that um, was a big uh, band, New York band back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were they? From, yeah, they were from New York, and they were like they came out of like the straight edge scene. Yeah, um, I, I, I've heard the name. Yeah, amazing vocals, man. Like wow. the, this whole album from from front to back is like fantastic. And I found this in there, and I was just like, you know, and that's what that's what keeps the keeps the drive going. Oh, it's like a drug. Um, you're you're chasing. You you it literally is like a drug because that that yeah. pop in your brain when you find that cool tape is like nothing else, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's all about the hunt. And like you know, for, for me personally, even like with all the all the music stuff, and I, I love the music stuff. For me, the hunting the the movies was always number one. There's there's so much. They're so hard to find. You know, the old school horror stuff is like it's. It's so hard to find. It's hard to find in good condition. Um, so, but you know, it's all it's all the same. It's all the same hunt to me, you know. And I'm always looking, always digging around for stuff. Um, but then I got kind of like had had accumulated so much of these like old tapes, you know. And I just kind of started thinking, like, you know, what good are they doing? Just like sitting on the shelf. Like they're they're awesome to look at. Like it's awesome to look at this. You know, I always watch everyone's everyone's podcasts and stuff online like whether it's you know you guys or like uh you know ken's death metal crypt or whatever and they always have like the awesome all the shit in the background looks amazing uh but you know like for me and you know i don't i don't want the stuff to just be like sitting on the shelf like i want to do something with it and want to like share it with people not that many people have a copy of some of this stuff and that's kind of like what kicked off the idea for the page you know um originally I was kind of like writing, just taking notes down, like on a word document or whatever, like just as bands I learned about, I started just hardcore researching online, like other bands. Once I, once I found the no escape, you know, beyond reality, no one, there was nothing on these guys online. I couldn't find any information. It's like they, they never even existed. And this thing is like a full thrash album from front to back. It's amazing. And the production is like excellent, you know? And the stuff just like i just don't want the stuff to get lost you know what i mean i definitely know what you mean um that's that's a similar sentiment that i have sometimes when i talk about these type of classic bands on the podcast i got to now while we're on this topic of these thrift store finds i did pull out a few yeah. of my long island you might need to you might need to edit me if i'm like rambling you know what i mean <laughs> and no 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 this is what we're here for man you're doing good i want to know have have you ever heard of this uh symmetry from no uh, but i i remember you posting that yeah I think you posted that one. Oh, yeah a while ago probably on one of my old facebooks or something man years but um yeah they were from, somebody posted that on the page 
They were, may, I'm, I very well may have a while back. It was from Legend Studio, which people might remember back from back in the day on Long Island. Yeah. Uh, Islip, New York. I, I'm not sure if these guys were from Islip or whatever the case was. But, yeah, I mean, I, um, uh, you, you, I would imagine you obviously have the ability to rip tapes and, and you know, you do all this yeah. stuff yourself. That's, that's one thing that I want to get out there is, like, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for a while, dude. Like I have a lot of good equipment. You know what I mean? Like I could, I could digitize tapes. No problem. I had, I could digitize VHS tapes. No problem. And at this point, you know, I'm at the point where like, I'm, I almost want to stress that like the collaboration is more important than me. Just like, like just getting stuff from my collection and then sharing it. I, I don't need more stuff from my collection. You don't have to sell me the shit and then you never see it again you know like you can just send it to me in the mail dude and i'll just i'll just digitize it and mail it back you know and i've done that for a few guys on the page like um you know jerry campbell from sickness um and a couple of other guys like they just uh mike mike walsh is like another serious collector out east like i'll either meet you in person or you could just mail me the shit and send it back to you you know what i mean that way you're not you're not missing it it's not like you don't you don't sell you never see it again yeah, you know, I, I, I I'm really glad to that. I'm glad to hear that because I have a few exclusives. Uh, I've never heard anything about this this symmetry from Long Island, and it's a cool little three yeah. song. It I mean, look, <laughs> these these guys didn't reinvent the wheel, but it's it's passable thrash. It's good shit. Uh, there's a and there's I wanted to run this by you. The listeners can at least look this next one up on um YouTube. I think there's a few tracks, but this is kind of JJ Merciless's Wicked Witch. Have you ever heard of this? This is like pure Long Island, late 80s, early 90s, kind of Dio, um, yeah. uh, mer- maybe Merciful Fate worse, like extremely ambitious, interesting to listen to now, man. I mean, that that sums it up right there. And I don't want to blow up this guy's spot too bad, but he was my supervisor at an old job for a while. And he was oh, a, nice. And he was a character. It all makes sense when you listen to this epic tale. Um, but yeah, I'll, one way or another, we're going to link up. I'll either send you this stuff or, or we'll meet up. And, I, and um, uh, I'll at least get this to you, man, because there's a few things yeah, I have that, that definitely need to be preserved on uh, on Long Island. But you did mention... Uh, some of the bands you've worked with, one one of which was you. You mentioned the guy from Sickness. What was his name? Uh, Jerry Campbell. He was the guitarist. Yeah, that that's a great place to start to break down some of the bands you've curated because that's a real. Because like I like we were talking before yeah. we started rolling. I'm kind of more from the death metal history thing on my podcast. You're you're doing a little bit. You're going a little further back and a little bit more thrash and crossover than me with what you do. And this is a great meet in the middle point because Sickness was a really cool, tight, um, uh, but like also kind of grimy and maniacal band. They were like, I would call them crossover thrash in some ways, but the guitars were, it was kind of technical and and really capable metal, man. It's really cool shit. I think people who are into old school death metal could find something, you know, palatable there. Yeah, the sick, the sickness stuff is really good. Uh, Jerry sent me over two tapes. I think one was um, uh, I gotta check the I gotta check the years. They're both on my YouTube page. Um, one was their really early demo, and then one was the three headed monster demo, which I think was was already making making the rounds online. Um, but it was just good to get a fresh upload on that one, you know, with with decent equipment. That self-titled and, one was uh, 89. I got it in my notes. 89, yeah. And then uh, 1990 was the three-headed monster. I mean, that stuff is sick, man. Like, 
you know, and it, it almost kind of reminds me of the Crossfade stuff. Um, Another Scott great Holmes band. band. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the Crossfade stuff just recently got reissued and it would be sick. Like, you know, if they could do that for sickness too. Um, just another, just another way to preserve like all this, you know, good old school stuff because it's, it's not, you know, it, it, it's not just like stuck in nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like the stuff is actually good and like people should hear it. You know what I mean? And in this day and age, a lot of this stuff is getting preserved from other regions. There's a lot of interest in classic regional scenes that are are kind of like long departed and obscure. The more the internet, you know, preserves everything, the more people want to find something fresh that hasn't been hyped up yet. So, you know, I think um, you're, your uh youtube and your facebook is is a great uh window into that i wanted to shout out a few other bands that you kind of linked me up to one one i have to shout out was crom um <laughs> so there's, good, right? there's a more popular crom that has kind of persisted through the years shout to them and respect to them but there was a crom short-lived from mastic shirley an area we reference very often on the podcast yes definitely too. um and Not only bad. All respect to Mastic Shirley, but it's a fairly obscure and far east area to be uh, a working metal band on Long Island. I would imagine even back then. Maybe, maybe back then. I I don't know, but I just feel like even back then there was a lot of shit coming out of that area. I don't know if everyone out there was all into metal at the time. I know when I was, like I said, going to punk shows in the early 2000s, a lot of those bands were from Mastic Shirley. You yeah, know? yeah, makes sense. It's just, makes sense. It's just always been that kind of area, I guess. A lot of people are just passing down the music, and everyone is staying staying into it. I think I have some more info about Crom. I just want to pull up my. Someone commented on the YouTube. Well, they were. It's for the listeners. It was really capable. I, I got heavy Dio vibes from the first yeah. song. Uh, and then, you know, maybe even going back to some of more, like if you're, if you like when Kiss was a little bit more metal, I would compare yeah. it to that, you know, maybe, or, you know, like, like they, it was that real sweet spot between the seventies, hard rock and the, and the heavy metal. Um, yeah. Good, good, yeah. good, good demo. Real good shit, man. Yeah. What, it's, it's really good. And it's got some like, you know, like us paramental tendencies, you know, like, especially in the vocals. Um, it's, it's good shit, man. It's, it's. It hits pretty hard. Uh, the songs are awesome. The lyrics are are wild um, and like all old school heavy metal shit. Um, it's awesome, man. Uh, Joe Canzanieri, he was the drummer. He's he's in the group. He's on the page. And, you know, I talked to him a little bit about about getting the upload up and make, making sure he was cool with everything being online. So um, it's great, dude. I got I got to say too I got to check myself cuz I said back then but it's actually in my notes it's from 95. It's really not that old but it was like a it was like a um you know they wanted to do something old school with the project. They made they definitely made it sound like it was from like 1984 or something man. Uh, I mean that's totally. yeah. I mean, even like Crom Frozen in Time just total sh- everything's in Sharpie. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah, that it's that's so damn good. Because if you think about '95, everyone was going hardcore. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> they got that balls to do it. That no, that shit was. And also another band we're talking about, Shirley, uh, Politocrit. Uh, if I got that right, there they had a '95 demo that you um, uh, uh, put up there. But a little yeah. bit more typical of the '95 Long Island sound. I, I would I would imagine a little bit more groove oriented. It's getting into the, it's getting definitely politicrite. Politicrite, yeah. When I, I went over to uh, the drummer's house, Pete Sambuto, and um, I did an interview with him. 
uh, for the YouTube channel. And he he called it politocrite. So I'm, that's what I'm going to call it. OK. Uh, but yeah, total groove oriented, you know, getting into the Pantera influence, not all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's it's heavy as hell. And, you know, the, these guys, they, they worked on this. They put this out. They had they had shows and stuff. And, you know, I just want to make sure that uh, that it gets out there for people to listen to this. This is one of the ones that was done on my real shitty old tape deck that started crapping out on me when I started using it more for this project. Yeah. So I got to I'll, I'll get a re-upload of this one soon with much better quality. Did you did you used to buy the uh, the tape decks themselves from the thrift stores, too? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was, I was, yeah, yeah, dude. And I was like, you know, opening opening them up and like changing belts and shit. And I just was like, you know what, man? Like, yeah, I should just spring for like a real one. And I, I did. And it's 100 percent worth it. You know? Yeah. When you're changing the belts on your uh, cassette deck, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you, you could there's better uses of your time sometimes man, if you can afford that. It, nice. Yeah, man. It, it's funny. Like sometimes I feel like a fucking engineer. Like so, sometimes you got to take the tapes apart and like clean mold off them and shit. And you're working with like yeah. these little screwdrivers. You yeah. feel like a watchmaker, you know? And it, you're like, <laughs> I've done it a few times. Crazy. There's been a few times. You know, what? sometimes the tape gets like it just gets like crossed somehow and you have to like open it up and kind of fix yeah. it. It's, it's oh. a pain in the ass. It's like playing Operation from when you were yeah. a kid. <laughs> it really is. Oh, man. Um. Well, as we keep going, you did mention Crossfade, which is pretty much a death metal band, in my opinion. You know, I would you know, I know that they they're definitely. definitely relate to that old school scene. And they um, it was yeah. in, into it. Records reissued their. Uh, classic demo earlier, I think last year. I, I have a, a copy of the cassette somewhere. Um, as we talk about death metal, something I wanted to bring up was you. You also, for the listeners, you have the Long Island Heavy Metal History compilation, which has various tracks from different artists. Oh, yeah. One of which was Graveyard. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's a mysterious band. It really blew my mind to find out that that band was around from back in like '92. With such a cryptic and dark sound, man. What do you know about them? Dude, they're 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 crazy, and they're one of my favorites because they were are like totally off the fucking wall. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you did you watch the interview I did with with Claude? Um, well, no, I no, I didn't. Okay. But are are your interviews available on the YouTube channel somewhere? Yeah, there's only two. There's only two because right. this was like this was started when when COVID was like the first summer where it like went away, and we were like, okay, back to normal. And then I never, I never picked it back up again. Um, but it, there was two, and Claude um, was the first guy I interviewed. Uh, he goes by Custodian Killer when he's doing the um, Graveyard Project, and you know he's just the nicest guy ever. You know he had me over, he had me over his place, took me through his whole collection. Uh, the dude has like an insane amount of records and guitars and uh he's just the coolest guy um he hooked me up with all all their releases um and i just i really want to get graveyard more out there too because um graveyard was fucking really hard to find anything about like they they got mm -hmm. their they got their shit distributed from wild rags back in the day but even in the even in the old ads and stuff like there's no info it's just like claude's p.o box and shoreham or some shit so it was really cool to like get to meet him and like find out like more of the history of the band. Um, really, I, I, you know, their forming and like their releases and stuff is not really that, that mysterious. Um, once I found out, but they do seem sort of like crazy <laughs> mysterious because you can't find anything about them. 
And when you listen to the music, it's completely demented. Like, I don't know how that how the hell they come up with it. Like, you know, for the listeners or whatever, if you picture like, you know, Impetigo or whatever with the um with movie samples and then crazy weird like gore death metal interspersed. Shredding but it's even, shredding it's even overdone gore. guitars. I mean, it's ugh. yeah. It's something to yeah. behold. Um and I apologize, man, because I concentrated mainly on all the, you. You were kind enough to send me a lot of links to to different things that were more metal oriented. So I focused on that. I overlooked that interview, but I urge the listeners to check no that problem. out too, um, and to look yeah. into this band. Graveyard has a band camp, and you're right; it's just a PO box. That's the only contact. So yeah, at, it's the best at your own risk, listeners. If you want to delve into the old school, but that is that's definitely best. one of the craziest bands. Another band that's obscure. I don't know if by choice or just because. Um, uh, their generation and how long back they went. But what about the first time we heard on this podcast about testes fungus was uh, from Chris Basile oh, yeah. of Pyrexia. Chris Basile was telling us about how he, he said, I think in his words, it was something like they were the first band to really do this from Long Island, you know, the in terms of death and grind and that sort of thing. Yeah. And the, um, the testy fungus stuff is really good before, before we, before we get into testy fungus, I just want to, sure. you know, just, just for Claude and Alex, those guys, the new, the new graveyard CD. God damn it. It's so de- dark down here. Uh, I, yeah, I, I see it's on their band camp okay. too. I, cause it's I recognize called time the ran out. It's, it's so good, man. Like if anyone out there heard the demos from back in the day, like the slab fest demo and the, uh, the vacation dinner at the, at the Manchester morgue demo, it, um, they really achieved like, they perfected that sound. It's fucking crazy. There's crazy samples all over this thing and whacked out guitars and crazy vocals. Definitely. Everyone has to check it out. It's, it's amazing. It's not like your run of the mill death metal at all. Unique. It's very unique. There's very few bands that I would, I'm not even going to compare it to the few rando acts that pop up in my head. Cause it doesn't even, it just sounds unique. It's crazy. stuff. Yeah. They don't sound like anybody. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, testy fungus was a was a name <laughs> that came up like, Probably the first the first few weeks of starting the group, I added a few people that I knew were in were in bands from back from back from back, you know, in late 80s, early 90s, whoever I could find just by, you know, looking them up, looking them up on Facebook. And yeah, one of the first comments early on was like what you're saying was, um, hey, what about Tessie Fungus like that? Those guys were sick and I couldn't find anything about them. Um, I kept looking and then I found some old photos of them that uh, Steve Messina took. Uh, Steve Messina, you can look him up. He's hardcore shutterbug. Um, he does like tons of, he, he photographs all the hardcore and punk shows. Even now um, he's at every show. He he's on that hardcore Chronicles podcast as a guest every week. Um, he's super active in the scene and he helped me out really early on with letting me use some of his photos. And he got me in touch with uh one of the testy fungus guys, uh, Craig Kempf, who is the guitarist. Um, but I never heard the material, never heard the material. I just talked to these guys and, and, um, saw the pictures and I was like, you know, we need, we need the, the shit. And this is why, you know, the collaboration is so important. Um, I, I don't have the testy fungus tape. I think, um, Steve Vargo has it. Who's another member in the group who helped me out a lot at the beginning. And he's, I think he has a YouTube channel going. Um, but I think he's down in Florida he got the tape from somebody else who was another another member of the group, but not in the band, just somebody who still had it. And he got it digitized and put online. And um, I was able to get a version of that tape, that same dub onto my channel just to get mm-hmm. it out there. 
And if you listen to it, it's awesome. It sounds like overkill, total, total thrash. Um, the riffs are awesome. The production is excellent. Uh, great name, you know, awesome <laughs> artwork and stuff like in their, all their flyers and stuff that I've come across. And yeah, they have a track, they have a track on the compilation too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this is, good band. <clears throat> this is the conversation I want to have because we cover, uh, all due respect, obviously, to pyrexia, like we said, and suffocation and internal bleeding. and But, you know, we at this point, we appreciate our listeners from wherever they're from. And this is like a deep dive, extra deep dive on Long yeah. Island metal history here because um, this is some stuff that doesn't get brought up every day. And maybe bands that didn't go on to have as big a legacy uh, yeah. but are still worthwhile. Another band I want to just briefly mention, because if the listeners want, you have a lot of stuff on your page and we've already given them some good reference points. Let's talk about Wicked Sin for a minute. Um, okay. Corru- Corrupted Masses 92 demo was the one that I listened to. I thought it was really hard thrash. And the thing that stood out to me was the big harmonies and the big guitar riffs. Um, and yeah. it had like that kind of aggressive New York hardcore crossover edge too. really good shit. Yeah, really good shit. Um, they have a bunch of material, actually. Um, they have the Corrupted Masses tape, which I think was more early on. Um, and they have a couple of others that came after this. I don't I don't remember the names off the top of my head um, of the, the names of the tapes, but they're, they're on my channel. Um, another Shirley band. And Wicked Spin was awesome. And the, pr- the production on these demos is amazing. It's just, if you're into metal, you're into thrash, you know, check out Wicked Sin. I mean, they deserve, definitely deserve to be heard. Um, they even have parts where, like, some death metal vocals come in. Um, they have part, yeah, and they have hardcore parts. It's, it's sick. You know, it was an interesting era where all this stuff was was coming together. And I got to apologize to 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 Shirley and to the greater Mastic Shirley area, um, <clears throat> you know, for what I said before. Not that it's an obscure area. There was a lot of shit going on, obviously, and still is, man. There's a lot of people out east. Um, uh, but as I'm going through this list that you that you procured for me, one that stood out, man, this was an ominous one for me as a kid. I, I'm from I, I all my life, Huntington Station resident, grew up here. And there used to be my school bus when I was in grade school and had no idea about anything was graffitied on the wall of like a local deli. We'd pass it every day. Berserkers. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I later figured out that it must have been somebody who was in the band or a fan of the band or something like that, man. But let's talk about them for a minute, because that is a really amazing demo that predates so much Long Island, what people would even call pre-metalcore, uh, Long Island-style oh, hardcore of the 90s. Even at points with the vocals, he was doing so much that a lot of ba- like screamo bands and bands would latch on to him. Man. The Berserkers yeah. were just so far ahead of their time and made a big statement with that that would kind of, I think, echo through the scene for years, man. People always talked about them in the underground. Did they really? Because the, the Berser- this this tape is amazing. Well, I I got it. Well, I'm from Huntington, and I grew up with yeah. people whose older brothers and sister, in some cases, went to some of those shows and knew some of those guys, things like that. And I actually, my generation, we we got to see uh, World Stranger, which right. the Jaw, the singer of the Berserkers, went on to be yeah. in World Stranger, and he they used to play with like it was the coolest mixed shows. It would be like them, the Ska Flaws, you know, the Ska band. And believe it or not, actually, this this band from my high school, uh, Evolution, with a question mark, um, they were. Oh, sick. Yeah, I'll I'll get you a copy of this too. You gotta man. get that up. Yeah. yeah, 
But um, they would play at like the old first church and you could bring like a can of food or $5 to get in for the food drive and things like that. But yeah, so I knew World Stranger a little bit. So Berserkers was like this legend that my friend Josh's older brother would tell us about a lot. And then I've also heard a lot of hardcore people talk about them who are, you know, just three or four years older than me, maybe, you know, I'm 40 now. So they they made a big impression. So I, I really, I urge everyone to check that out if they think they know about Long Island hardcore. De- uh, definitely and even even if you're on the metal side you know you got you gotta listen to these guys they this is like the most vicious hardcore you'll ever you'll wow. ever fucking hear uh jaw was amazing on vocals the, and um i don't know who who was on guitars or anything like that but they are the the riffs are are fast and they hit hard um the songs are are memorable and the the jaws again the vocals and the lyrics are just you know phenomenal i don't i don't know how how these guys are not well known they're almost like an urban legend like you were saying but um it's amazing you know and and the world stranger stuff is good too i still have to get that up on on the page i do have that um well that's the thing too with world stranger he kind of flipped the script like he wasn't doing the same thing at all and they weren't doing the same thing it was more of like um they got pigeonholed at the time you know some people would compare them to rage against the machine because they had that kind of like you know groove rap core influence but they were a little bit more hard than that um and they used to play some really cool hardcore shows out here man yeah the berserkers that that's that that was cool shit to see up there um yeah, my brother, you know, my brother knew who they were, and I was just guessing that they probably opened for a lot of lot, lot of bands that came through, like, you know, Sundance or whatever. Um, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, I remember them. They were fucking badass. And um, if you hear if you hear the uh, the copy that I put online, um, I have that's another one I have to re-upload with my new with my new equipment. Um, but it's just it's just so good. And there's actually another side of this tape. Um the first side, the first side is their their studio demo, and the other side is live on WNYU, uh, January second, mm. nineteen ninety two. Wow! So it's it's awesome. I listen to it, but I want everyone to hear it, so I got to get I got to get that online too, as soon as possible. And your in your travels, have you ever heard of a band uh, called Fugue F U G U E from that era on Long Island? No. It was, well, that would have that would have been my my friend's older brother's uh, band. That was I think they were short lived, but that was kind of uh, the big legend for us here in Huntington. You know, growing up, you know, you know how it is yeah. with your friend's older brother's band, that type of thing. Dude, uh, for us growing up in Merrick, that was Vision of Disorder. You know, um, mm. those guys were from Merrick, and my brother would tell us you know legendary stories about those guys. Um, there's, there's like a VOD sticker at, at the train station, like, right. Somehow somebody jumped the tracks and like put it right on the outside rail. So whenever you're waiting for the train, like you see that, you see that sticker and it's just like, yeah, man, like that's, that's the hometown heroes. Um, I would find out later that there was a bunch of other badass bands from Merrick too, that I, I had no idea about. Um, but yeah, growing up, like, you know, that, that was the one that had like a huge impact on us. So we, we would always be stoked to see that that sticker it reminds me of the berserkers graffiti you know yeah yeah dude, i love that stuff great. that's great you know like and and we all have we all have that stuff you know you, you don't have to just grow up on long island but you know we we all we all have that stuff that that we would pass by and be like you know that's that's that fucking thing from that band you know whatever whatever neighborhood you grew up in and that's the kind of stuff that i really want to really want to save for everybody you know 
It's a nostalgia thing, man. And for this type it of is, yeah. and this type of music, uh, it's a lot easier to lose than big commercial things and big, bit more commercial forms of entertainment. You know what I mean? So that I, I, I get it. But yeah. Let me ask. It drives me nuts, man. Like I, I got to tell this story. Yeah. A little sidebar a while back, you know, in my, in my hunts or whatever, I, I met this guy and I was, it was probably at a garage sale or something. And I was like, Hey, do you have any like cassette tapes or whatever? Cause I think he was, he was probably wearing like a Pantera shirt or whatever. I, you know, probably into music. Um, so he's like, yeah, man, like I was friends with the guys in repudiation. I was like, what? Oh shit. So you have like some repudiation tapes and God. shit. He's like, dude, he was like, dude, I had everything. I had them. I had all the, and then he started naming like all these brutal bands, you know, mm. not, not just long Island stuff, but you know, every, all the, all the big bands, you know, whatever the hell it was all death metal shit. And I was like, he was like, but yeah, like I kept them in my basement and then it got got my basement got flooded and I lost them all. <sighs> I was just like, dude, that's crushing. And, you know, just think about how many, how much of this stuff that's happening all the time. I'm in my basement right now. Like if I had a major flood, like I'd be fucked dude. And like this stuff happens all the time. And it just pains me to know like that one tape that's out there that nobody's fucking heard is like in somebody's basement, just like mm. just perishing, just waiting, you know, what? first of all, it gets, gets moldy tape snaps you got a flood a fire like that's why it's almost like a race against time you know what i mean yeah the preservation of what what tapes have already been lost we'll never know yeah we'll never know dude damn man i I, we have a few i go way back with my buddy adam rotella we've interviewed him about his project anal birth and um other things on the podcast and um me and him probably have a few like four track drum machine type of grind projects we've recorded over the years that we don't we'll never even hear again because the tape got lost somewhere over the years or it got eaten in the four track or who knows what happened. Yeah, it happens happens all the yeah, time. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. The, the people don't understand the cassette tape. Uh, uh, it, it it was yeah, man. But um, uh, something I wanted to I ask you about. He, I saw he played recently up here at Mister Beery's. Yeah, I live right over here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they had they had some gore grind and gore noise blowout at Mr. Beery's, man. I never thought I'd say those words in that sentence, but they know, sure man. did. Yeah, yeah people, okay, a lot of people the from the city came out too, man. I know. I listened to a lot of that shit too, so I want to I want to hit that next year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We can get to that later. If we talk about cool shows coming up, we'll get to that later. Well, yeah, you because got a big one coming up. I know, I know, you have some music uh, that that you're also involved in, and you know, I want to get into some other things here. But something I've, yeah. I I always like to we'll ask. Keep going through the list. Yeah, well, um, you mentioned skating before, and we were talking about you know the stickers, the train station, the graffiti. Yeah. It's something very Long Island, and you know, with with due respect to the skate skateboarder culture, I don't want to blow up any spots, but tell me a little bit about some of these spots you would travel around to and find, man, and and any stories from that. Yeah, you know, like we would just, dude, every day, every day, for probably for, you know. I would say from 2000, maybe 2004 when, was when we started taking the bus or the train to the city or taking the bus like up to Nassau University or whatever. 2004 to like until we all hit college, you know, and everyone went their separate ways in 20, 2007. All we would do, like if I if I wasn't if I wasn't with my girlfriend at the time, um, we would just hop in the car and like just search for spots, you know, and there was there was there was a definitely a bunch um and this is this kind of brings me to like another idea i had was to do a similar page for long island skateboarding because it's a very 
it's very insulated scene. Like there's not, there is really not that many spots that everybody would go to. Um, back in the day, it was like Stony Brook university was the main spot. Um, and you know, t- today to a lesser extent, uh, there was a real sick D- DIY skate park in Brentwood for a while in an industrial park. Um, and there was another one in East Meadow, um, in these old tennis courts, some, some kids built some ramps there, but we were mostly street skating, you know, we weren't really looking for skate parks. Um, so we would just be hitting up the industrial parks and skating back there. And, um, that kind of does play into like seeing the stickers and seeing, seeing flyers and shit like that. Like, you know, we, you would just see stuff around. Like we, we were always, always out in the streets, like doing something, you know, mostly, mostly skating or fucking around or whatever, but it just, it just kind of bred like that, that hunting mentality. And, you know, a lot of skateboarders always say like, when you start skating, start, start skating street skateboarding style, like you'll, you don't really look at things the same way anymore. Like you don't look at a a set of stairs the same way. You don't look at, um, you know, like a park bench, the same way, everything look, you always see it through the lens of like a skateboarder. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't too many, too many crazy spots that would, that would probably be interesting. We spent a lot of time on like route 110, um, just hitting up the warehouses behind there. There was um, a real good warehouse in Huntington Station, actually. It was called Big Block. And um, that was like where the, tra- where the train tracks come over just to the west, where they come over Route 1 New York Avenue, just to the west of that. There's like a little industrial park over there. And um, that one, the, the cops chased us out of there. And I remember running across the train tracks and smashed my fucking camera, like my Canon DSLR that we were shooting with. Mm. Um, but yeah, we were, we were always, always looking for the next spot. You know what I mean? That's and, the, yeah. You know, that's pretty. That's pretty much my neighborhood. You that yeah. that overpass on yeah. I, <laughs> actually, it didn't matter, man. Yeah, the, like we were in Merrick, we were driving everywhere everywhere adept listeners of the podcast have definitely heard train horns in the background of my interviews that so that has to give you an idea yeah, yeah that's, that's funny man um yeah, man. i've had to ask tom to edit those out every once in a while when they're, when they're too loud it's a true story but uh yeah. that, that's funny that's how yeah i learned that's how i learned the whole island and all the different neighborhoods was just by fucking driving around we would go skate the we would go skate the snapple factory in syosset <clears throat> yeah they wow always, the snapple always, factory Dude, they would always leave the trucks unlocked, so we would just open up the back of the truck and get samples out of there and skate that skate their fucking uh, loading dock. I love it. I love it. What about the old Belmont racetrack when it was ruins? Ever ever go there back? That in the might day? have been before my time. Or that, we, never yeah. went that, we never went that far west. <laughs> that either. was the we late. Were always going east. That was the late nineties for me. Or or uh, how about Kings Park Psychiatric Center? Dude, yes, we went. We went through a whole thing when we first got our cars. Mm. Like me and my buddies were into a huge, we went through a huge urban exploring f- phase. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was called that until we go on, you know, that's the thing you go online, then you find out there's like a whole community of people that do this. Um, so yeah, like King Kings park. I wish I had all my Kings park shit down here. I have like a skeleton key that opens all the windows and stuff. Wow. Um, I have all wow. the blueprints of all the buildings. So we would go in like one building and take tunnels to go in through all the other buildings. It was sick, man. Wow. And Long Island is one of those places where, you know, we had Kings Park Psych, we had uh, Pilgrim State Hospital and Central Islip all mm-hmm. right near each other. So we were we were into photography and we were just into fucking around, exploring. We would go through we would go through all that stuff. Um, I would find out that earlier, like in the late 80s, early 90s, there was another hospital called Edgewood 
and that was where like there was like a big metal a lot of the metalheads used to go hang out there you know i yeah. think somebody took their band pictures there i think it was maelstrom or something wow yeah king's park psychiatric center runes are some of the most mysterious there's always these stories people i never went too far in there was a period when i was a teenager where we drove around we walked around and things like that but i i you know we went in one of the buildings once i'm not a big you know explorer like that that's interesting to me um so the big thing is going in those tunnels under there and exploring the buildings people are always scared there's going to be uh, I would imagine some sort of disturbed, aggressive person there. Uh, have you <laughs> have of, of some sort of some way or another? No. Have you ever experienced any other people? I mean, have you ever met met up with other people there or seen evidence of like you know people hanging out there and yeah. whatever? Yeah, you know. Yeah, everyone was always hanging out there. Like no no matter when what day you would go, especially on the weekends though, like there would always be another group of kids mm-hmm. either exploring or just going in there to drink and like you know break shit or whatever. Um, the only place where we ever saw a person was in uh, Creedmoor Psychiatric. So we used to travel to all to all of them. Uh, Creedmoor is the one that's in Queens, like halfway between Queens. You see it when you are on the cross island. OK, it's almost almost near where the Belmont racetrack was. OK, uh, we found some some evidence of some, um, you know, aggressive human that was living <laughs> in there. Uh, so we got the fuck out of there pretty fast. Um but like no it was always other kids you know and it would just be like okay what's up we're all here yeah let's not fuck around so we don't get you know arrested in here or whatever um but the yeah and like a lot of people always ask about you know if you ever saw like a ghost in any of those places is it like paranormal and uh, i definitely did have one experience that freaked us the fuck out like where we we definitely heard you know, footsteps and we ran and hid from them thinking that they were like a cop or whatever. And then uh, it turned out that nobody was there. Came in, came into the room. You could hear them. Cause like when you're in the buildings, all the paint is like all chipped and it's all over the floors. So when you walk around, it makes like crunches. So we were in this one room and you could hear it like crunch, 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 crunch. Um, and we were like, shit, we got to get the fuck out of here. This is like a cop. Um, and we took these stairs that go up into the attic level. This was in this was in the quad in Kings Park. If anybody remembers that shit, um, there for, used to be stairs that would go into the attic. For the listeners, quickly, this is a sprawling, yeah. Uh, yeah, multi yeah. sprawling multi building estate with towering, scary old hospital buildings and grounds <laughs> for the people who worked there. And this house, literally hundreds, if not maybe more than a thousand workers. And patients on these grounds on Long Island, it's now a state or a county park, uh, but it's acres and acres of different buildings and properties that are all abandoned. I just wanted to paint a a brief picture. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. It's almost like if you think about it's like a college campus. It is. It's exactly. Yeah. It's it's, state hospital, self-sufficient. It has like a laundry building, a power plant, all this stuff. So, yeah, we, we heard the footsteps coming and we ran up into the attic and we're like, you know, peeking down through like the attic hatch. And you just hear them coming closer and closer and come into the room. There was nothing there. And we were like, all right, like we're getting, we're getting the hell out of here. That was the only time, dude. And I spent, I spent years in those buildings, you know, just, mm. just taking pictures and like get, getting cool. Um, You know, just looking at cool shit, just exploring. It, the- um, got out of that though. Cause that, that shit is like highly illegal. 
uh, just so everyone knows. Don't go fucking around in there. Allegedly, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, this is all allegedly. Yeah, well, it's in the it's in the past, and but um, <laughs> that's really interesting to me because anyone from Long Island knows what we're talking about right now. Yes. We're in a, in a huge local legend, urban legend, whatever you want to call it, right now. Yeah. Um. So, and, and it's not just Long Island, right? Like everyone has a Mount Misery. Everyone has yeah, the yeah, the local yeah. insane asylum or whatever. You know. I feel like it really speaks to this, uh, this, this, like you, you, you called the collecting the tapes, the hunt before it's, it's that similar spirit, man. You want to unearth something, something arcane, um, out of the, out of the past, you know, it's what we do when we're kids growing up here, you know, we're just driving around looking, looking for these things. And that's why you see like the stories of like the Mount Miseries in different areas, you know, all at the same time. It's because we're all interested in this stuff and this is like what we do when we get out you know when we when we're out of the house driving around yeah you ever been to the the sleepy hollow over here in uh yeah. by huntington it's like the haunted there's a there's an overpass there that's supposedly haunted and there's a field right. there where the, yeah, yeah. I, that's the one time i would say i went out with some people um years ago and the the one one of my friend's girlfriends was taking pictures um one after the other took a few pictures and in only one picture there was all these orbs all around us and i found that unusual because they weren't in in the other pictures but i you know who uh, what do i know but um sweet hollow road man is that's why it's such a legend it's not not sleepy hollow like like the story sweet Sweet hollow Hollow, sweet Sweet hollow road yeah yeah that these are all Long Island things people could look up, man. Just like these bands, I'm gonna segue us back into the, the music okay. quickly. Everyone on Long Island loves to talk about this shit. I so. know, dude. We because I could talk about this all night, man. And then, and then yeah, we'll get into Rick, Ricky Casso. Oh my god. Man. Oh shit. Yeah. We, well, that's kind of related with the Acid King shit. We well we good band by the way. There's uh, Jesse Pollock is the author who wrote the book The Acid King. We had him. Um, uh, and another associate of his on uh, a long time ago for a whole oh, podcast about, about that whole case. Yeah, that's another real interesting Long Island oh, I gotta ur- listen to that one. urban oh. legend kind of thing. It's a great book, The Acid King by Jesse Pollock. I love that shit. It's, yeah. it's the opposite of the book that sensationalized it in the 80s. He really right. t- he really gets to the bottom of it, um, of the story. But so while I got you here, man, um, we've been going yeah. for a while, and I urge the listeners to check out this YouTube channel and check out these bands. Uh, but but I also want you to talk about your own music. You're involved in a few projects yourself sure. that, that you that you alluded to uh, before, but you didn't mention what you know the names or you know if you have anything available. Yeah, yeah so there's there's not much available phys- in physical format right now. Um, I play guitar for a couple of different projects. Um, the first one is called Corrupt Influence. I'm working on that with uh, Jamie Baldassano, who's been in a few Long Island bands. He was in Hostile Intent um he was in no redeeming social value and he's in show no mercy which is like a slayer mm. cover, tribute band i think um they're out they, all the time i see their name i see their name yeah. i see their name up all the time so over the summer they played a lot of shows now hostile intent uh yeah. and um you said no redeeming social value again you're throwing around Listen, real heavy long island names there yeah right and yeah and he was you know uh, Jamie's been around for a long time. He's he's an amazing drummer. He's been in a, in a lot of bands. Um, so yeah, I'm just like super excited to work with him. And I actually met him through the page, you know. And I was like, hey man, I have like some some riffs that are kind of like in the hardcore metal metal stage. Um, so we kind of started jamming, um, and we got these two songs that we're working on with um, Richie Muller, who's in a few bands. He's in uh, the Third Kind. Um, and he was in some some other bands um, as well, like Vice Massacre and stuff like that. 
Uh, so yeah, we're yeah. gonna have a two song demo out real soon. I know, I know, Rich through Vice Massacre. Um, yes. years ago they played some shows with Buckshot Facelift, uh, one of my bands. For sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, man. Okay, man. It is a small island yeah. at the end of the day. Um, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that record, man. That's funny, man. Yeah, yeah. Vice shout to Vice Massacre. That's another. You know, I don't know if they'd consider Long Island or, or Queens or whatever, but that's a great band from the area that people can look into the more extreme side. Um, yeah, man. I'm so excited to work with those guys. You know. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, a corrupt influence is the band. Uh, we'll we'll look out for that. Was there another one you wanted to uh, um, plug? Look out for that. Um, I have two other projects I just want to talk about. Um, the the second one's called Summary Execution. Mm-hmm. That's more for our guys who are more into like, you know, crust and black metal and stuff like that. We're kind of on the border between between those two genres. And that's myself and uh, Harris Christos, who's in a few grind bands. He was in um, ASRA, Azra, um, and he was in he's in Oklahoma Rider Truck right now, which is like a power violence based band. Um, this is like a remote project. So the drummer, he's up in Ithaca. He was in Azra as well. Um, but that's going to be just crust, black metal, shit ton of blast beats. Uh, the drummer is phenomenal. Um, Andrew Hernandez, he's sick. Um, so yeah. Look out for that. We have four yeah. songs, four song demo coming out before the end of the year. I, I know ASRA was recommend. I I, it is, I I apologize to whoever it was if they're listening because it escapes me now. Who? But somebody brought that up in the last few months as their recommendation on the podcast yeah. and um and was talking about how it was a very fairly obscure band that doesn't get the credit um i guess you know yeah man they they were great you know they kind of remind me of asuk mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. that grind band that had like that sick like more sound production too like yeah it was just super, super heavy band and they were kind of like on the same lines as that um so that's super cool i'm excited that's that's gonna be coming out soon that's more out there wild stuff wild vocal approach um there's four song demo out now on Bandcamp, but you know for that one i programmed the drums so it's it's not as good as the real drummer you know what i mean um so i'm really excited to get the real drums on there and it's gonna sound sick so it was summary summary execution summary execution got it and was it was there anything else in terms of uh, your, third, your own- yeah my third project is called morbid curiosity Morbid curiosity. Um, okay. Yeah, I've been working on that shit since like high school when it was like a one man mortician, one man mortician worship band. Um, uh, but now it's more kind of just like horror, metal, punk, industrial, just kind of like out there. Um, and we just do singles whenever we can. That's my buddy, myself, and my buddy Anthony Capozzi, who's the vocalist for Lost Becomes and for another band called Thracian. Um, those are both bands like on the metalcore spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're both sick too. If anybody wants to look them up, so oh. I'm looking forward to all this stuff coming out, and I'm looking forward to digging into more like old school Long Island shit too. Yeah, yeah, dude. That we're gonna keep our eyes peeled for all those projects. I'll ask Tom, my producer, to drop in some samples of that for the intro and outro of this interview as oh, we do. It. Um, of course, man. Um, you know, because like you were saying before, you know, I I kind of wanted to get this Long Island uh, heavy metal history experience for the listeners, but you are an artist yourself, so I'm glad we plugged what you got going on, and we'll keep our Thank eyes you. on that. Uh, you also mentioned in the email um, plugging some new bands and newer releases and things like that. At the you know we usually at the end of the interview we ask whoever we're interviewing to give an old and a new recommendation. I think you've done your part for the old timers, oh, okay. but I mean yeah. if, you, if you just want to go nuts on whatever you've been listening to that's new, new bands, Long Island or not, like what, right. what's your because because you spend so much time curating the past, like what, what you know yeah, what are you into that's new nowadays? 
Okay. Uh, it's not all, it's not all metal, but it's some metal. Um, but I do want to just let everyone know that, um, if anyone wants to hear the compilation we were talking about, yes. Uh, the, the long Island heavy metal history volume one, um, I'm fresh out of CDs, but I might do a special, special pressing. They were all just like homemade. They're just DIY homemade anyway. You know, um, I use all recycled stuff. Um, I usually just like pick up a bunch of shitty CDs for free and just reuse all the stuff and then, you know, burn the new tracks on. But um, I do have it on Bandcamp and on the YouTube channel. Uh, 20 different bands, all from Long Island from back in the day that we were discussing late 80s through through the 90s. Everything from thrash, death metal, traditional heavy metal. It's all on here. I guarantee like, you know, anyone listening to this is going to be blown away by some of these bands that they've never heard of. Probably just had a demo tape that, you know, maybe no one heard. But the stuff on here is amazing, dude. Dynasty, Howl's Miss, Conciliator. I know we didn't talk about them. They were so good. Yeah, They're no, almost I- like... I'm not Creator. trying to. I'm not trying to cut you off at all, man. Go okay. for it. Yeah, yeah. If you want, tell me a little bit about because isn't that the band that also shares members? I, I have it in my notes here. With is it Irenicon and Conciliator share um, a member or two? And Conciliator was definitely, I think, the more aggressive of the two bands. Yeah, they were. They were both. They were both really good. The, the Irenicon stuff is almost. I don't think it's out there at all. Um, he was the drummer from Irenicon, Stephen Kaufman. And he hooked me up with everything Irenicon has ever recorded. Um, so there was a couple of guys that they shared members with. And both of these bands were excellent, amazing thrash. Um, you have to hear the tracks that are on the compilation. And then um, if anybody wants more stuff, just hit me up. Um, it's on the YouTube channel. But if you want the like the high quality MP3s or whatever, just just let me know and I'll get them to you. But these are just two great thrash bands. Um, the ironic, the conciliator, I had a little bit more of an experience with, um, just because I had to go physically get that tape and then bring it back to apparently the only person who owns it on Long Island that's left. Um, so a conciliator kept coming up, man. Like at the beginning, at the beginning of the page, just like testy fungus, they were like, Oh, I remember this band conciliator. Like they were so good. Um, but they had a tape, but I lost it. And then the one girl was like, I think she was like an ex-girlfriend of one of the guys. She was like, yeah, I had it. I drew up all their flyers and I just don't know. I can't find that tape. One guy, finally, uh, Steve Skrosky. Thank you so much, Steve. If you, if you listen to this, he found it, he had it and he let me come by his place. Uh, he li- he lives out in Quorum somewhere or whatever. And I, I picked it up, got it here and I digitized it and I had it back to him the next day, dude. I was so excited to get that thing. And um, it is so good conciliator was like an insanely heavy thrash band um super fast the riffs are amazing they kind of sound like creator area some Uh, german thrash influences they're so good another the conciliator was definitely another point when i was doing the research where i said this is where long island heavy metal history and heavy hole podcast meet because this is like bordering on early death metal it's so aggressive and technical and versatile it's just it's that kind of thrash where death metal heads can definitely get something out of it man and people just in general people who appreciate good good um uh functioning ambitious thrash metal man what what an awesome band and uh, it, it also, you know, it just speaks to a lot of these bands we talk about where there's, there's no full length to go back and check out. There's no, right. you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's, yeah. that's all there is. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's just a gem, you know? 
yeah man it's like a four song demo it's the only thing they put out and um it's just it's just <laughs> phenomenal and um the ironicon stuff the phase one sessions that they recorded i think a little bit later than the conciliator material it's really good as well and um you know that's that's the thing there's one copy of this stuff left and it's Sure. it's fucking killer and people have to hear it that's crazy man so you, that, you actually like literally saved that one <laughs> that's that's yes yeah that's, that's crazy you man. know that's what it's all about though i yeah. have no i have no problem dri- driving anywhere to come pick mm-hmm. up shit you know what i mean i i met mike walsh out in fucking i don't know where the hell where the hell i was waiting <laughs> river or something and i was like all right you know like <laughs> let's go he gave me the hit and run tape he gave me jaded rains demo tape um which i haven't even gotten up yet uh, but Hit and Run was another Merrick band, which kind of bl- blew my mind a little bit. And they put their whole full length out on cassette only. And um, it was phenomenal. And I think uh, J- Jeff Jeff Kaplan from Two Man Advantage was like, holy shit, like, I remember these guys. They were jamming, like, down the block from my house when I was a kid. Wow. You know, and like this, this, like, was so cool and influenced me when when I was growing up. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. He was like, I was hoping someone would, would finally post this, you know? So it, it's just amazing. Well, it's just spe- amazing that people remember and, you know, still want to hear this stuff. They're, we're out there, man. And now one bit, because, you know, I I, I tried to I tried to make you talk about new stuff, but we're, we're getting sucked right back into the old stuff. So I'll I got to bring up, I, I know, I got to bring up my favorite. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say probably my favorite band that was on your list because I'm very familiar with them to begin with, Inner Strength from long yeah. islands I've, yeah. I've brought them up before um just one of long island's most amazing bands and i'll kind of let you take the wheels because they they recently had a reissue um of they all did, their yeah. stuff like the last year or two man um but what a what a cool old school progressive kind of thrashy band exactly dude and and that was that was another early one where i met scott i met scott alva the vocalist wow and um I didn't know, you know, I didn't know it at the time. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm learning all this stuff too. Like, like as I, as I'm posting it and as I'm finding it, I'm learning about it. I don't, I wasn't there for any of these bands, you know, I, and I wasn't there for any of these shows. Um, so when, when I met Scott, I was buying, um, some horror movies from him on DVD or something. And he was like, I, maybe he was wearing a shirt or something, you know? And I was like, Oh, I like heavy metal. Cool. Like, I like that stuff. He's like, Oh, you like, you like heavy metal. Like this is, you should check out some of my old band stuff. So he went, went in his house and he came out with, um, I have, I have him here. Like all, all the inner strength three issues, dude. Wow. So generous. He was just like, you know, let's check out my old stuff. You like metal? Check it out. It's all the stuff that uh dive bomb put out. I think a couple of years ago. Yeah. Dive bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, and those guys at dive bomb and, and like heaven and hell records, uh, Gary Schaefer, he's in the group too. Those guys are doing the same thing. They're finding amazing shit and reissuing it for everybody, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, he hooked me up with this stuff. And once I played it, I was like, dude, holy shit. This, this stuff is amazing. Like the, it's just like powerful, progressive metal. Um, and Joe Marcel, the guitarist is fucking amazing he's flying all over the place crazy solos really yeah Yeah. he actually i've brought this up before on the podcast joe marcel the guitarist uh i've reached out to him specifically because not only am i a fan of inner strength but he produced uh afterbirth's original 
demo, the, the kind of cult classic psychopathic embryotomy demo, and early internal bleeding release as well, and probably some other classic Long Island death metal releases too, man. So yeah. I don't you know, I don't know if he's still in the business or anything like that. But yeah, Inner Strength, such a great band. I always tell them when people bring up Dream Theater, I always say like Inner Strength is like the hard Long Island prog band. You know what I mean? Like the, For sure, yeah. They 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 were they were awesome. I gotta show you this too. I cause I showed you before. I found this at the Selden uh, uh Island Thrift, like I told you, but I also found this in Northport many years ago. That's not my handwriting. It's um inner strength and it's just wow. it's a blank tape hand hand printed Dude. and it says uh demo ninety four, leaning too far, no glory lately it's just a three song demo i don't have those reissues so i don't know that any demos are on there but it's it's a perfectly good quality it's not like rehearsal yeah. quality it's very well produced and it's just these three songs so i don't know um what exactly this is here some, uh, some of it made it onto uh the common theme reissue i see leaning yeah. too far no glory lately yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. there's so there's that man yeah i i just i i want to especially shout them out because i know uh, at least Scott, Scott, it's Scott Olivia, right? Scott, I think it's Scott. I don't think there's an extra I. It's Scott uh, Oliver. Oliver, uh, the my, guy yeah. that was in Sabotage, Oliver, you know? Yeah, Scott Oliver, I apologize. But I know he's still active, at least in the last yes. several years, musically, and these reissues have just come out. So that's definitely worth checking out for the listeners. Um, yeah. We've, we've brought uh, them Scott's up before. In, in Reverence, which is a... Um, which is a power like a power metal type band. Mm-hmm. Um, they're sick. They have a live. They have a live album that is like phenomenal. Um, and Scott is also in Live After Death, the Iron Maiden tribute band. Wow. Um, which I mean, you know, if if you listen to these recordings, you know that guy Scott. He can sing like crazy, and he could sing however he wants. Like, but he sounds exactly like Bruce Dickinson on on those. <laughs> when he does the Iron Maiden thing, but the inner strength stuff is his own style and it's, it's really good. And, um, he has, a, he has some connection to this old school band, 1000 miles per hour that yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting so, one, man. I love the cover. It's so, it's just hilarious. This is the shit that I love. Yeah. Like just, just handmade stuff, you know, just two kids, two kids jamming out, like making crazy fucking music. If you like, um, DRI, Mm-hmm. Or like NYC Mayhem, like old school, like really fast, like thrashcore type stuff. Check check out the uh, Thousand Mile Per Hour demo. Um, yeah, that's that also that, on that's on your channel. on your channel too. Yeah, yeah, that, super super speedy hardcore stuff. I love this stuff. Wish I could find more old hardcore shit, like thrashy hardcore. There's definitely a lot of like New York hardcore style stuff that's covered out there, and there's a whole lot of um death metal that's covered out there like the suffocations and the internal bleedings of the world mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of like thrash core crusty street punky shit that's covered yeah and i know those bands were around on long island but i can't find i can't find anything on them yeah yeah we we had um like i said before my buddy john berg he was in uh contra and um the solidarity pact and you know they used to have a lot of show there was a a little scene based around his stuff that was born more on the punk side of things out here man that was more my exposure to that um but i do remember there was a lot of that on long island you know it's just you know you might remember under the volcano magazine uh i don't remember it i might have had an issue when i was a kid if i picked it up somewhere but i don't i don't really i never had a big 
big collection of it or anything. They did a good job of covering everything um, under under the rock, under the volcano, I should say. Um, yeah. But uh, so is there, um, you know, like I said, we urged the listeners to check out the channel and, and review some of these old bands. Did you want to yeah. bring up any anything newer now, anything more modern um, that you've been listening to? Yeah, just, just new shit that I've been personally listening to. Yeah, a couple of recommendations. Um, Here's a brand brand new fucking CD, Organ Failure. Hmm. Wild fucking Gorgrime band. Um, I think these guys. I don't I don't know where these guys are from. I think they're from Ohio. Um, but this is on Headsplit Records. So the way that I find new music is I just go to labels that I know put out good shit, and I just go through whatever's coming out and just try to find something cool. Organ Failure is awesome fucking gore grind. Uh, the riffs are actually memorable. The vocals are sick. And um, definitely recommend that one. I like that white cover with the cut. Was that red or orange? Uh, yeah, uh, jewel white, case red tray. Uh, and, um, it says Illinois. They're from Chicago, actually. I'm just Chicago, looking at it Chicago, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was that Neurologic Determination of Death. Neurologic Determination of Death. I mean, you know, and this, for somebody who, like, is just a casual listener of this kind of stuff, this album is fucking solid, solid from front to back. Like got the, just pure entertainment. I loved it. The the bass player of Nucleus. That's interesting. Okay, man. You can, you can guy can play a bass from what I hear. Um, uh, that's cool, man. Any uh, any up and coming Long Island band? Do you do you still find yourself? Um, I'm not gonna say paying attention, but I'm saying like, do you, do you still yeah. find yourself? Do you have the time to invest in current Long Island and New York hardcore and modern bands? Do you still go to shows? That sort of thing. A little, a little bit. I I have to say that um, I don't don't really go to many shows at this point. Um, you know, I'm married here. I got I got three three little kids okay. running around, so things are things are kind of crazy. Um, but you know, I, I'm music is becoming like way more of a, of a priority now, especially like trying to get out to more shows and stuff like that. Um, especially now with co with COVID kind of like, you know, coming to a close, I tried to get out to more. I saw, was able to catch internal bleeding on their last, their last gig at Amityville. Um, so I do, I do try to keep track of the new stuff that's coming out. Um, yeah. And I saw a new Long Island band that, fucking blew me away was uh bowel erosion uh, those guys fucking sick yeah um, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm friendly with those guys man and yeah, i good. uh i share a drummer with them in some of my projects too shout to sam and ranger and lork and great great guys yeah and like the more the more i look around the more i'm like getting more into this stuff i see that i see that drummer's picture everywhere man like he's definitely in a lot of projects and he's amazing. Sam Sherrick. Uh, people joke around about me like I'm in a bunch of projects. I'm really in like three, you know, three part-time bands that you know manage to do our thing. You know, I'm not I'm not in a billion bands. Sam is in a billion bands. Sam is everywhere yeah. at once. He's like <laughs> an international uh globetrotter, you know what I'm saying? He's popping up at all these festivals and so he's doing his thing, man. Um shout to him. I don't know how he how he manages it, but he does. Yeah, uh, man. You know, we have him on the podcast from time to time too, so but um yes. so I I caught them when they opened for internal bleeding and I I love them fucking thoroughly entertained and now I'm trying to catch them wherever I can bowel erosion they're they're sick like that's the thing there's so much shit out there that it's it's really hard for me to keep up with but if I somehow if you get to me and I, you know then I'm following you you know what I mean so yeah yeah 
that now I'm trying to catch them. I'm going to catch them uh, when they open for disease soon. That's the night before the big show with suffocation. And I think your band is on there, right? Yeah. Are you in that band? Yes. I was going to say, and Sam is Sam plays drums in that band too. Okay. Um, (laughs) We just did a tour. We did, um, well, we did uh, Pennsylvania, uh, DC and came back and did Long Island. And Sam did three sets a night for three days in a row. All three of his wow. bands played, yeah, and um, but yeah, that you're right because you you mentioned before that we were going to mention some shows. That's a good place to start. Bowel Erosion is playing October the thirteenth, which is yeah. kind of like a pre-show show, I guess, for this big October fourteenth show where Internal Bleeding, Suffocation, Sanguisugabog, and Undeath are playing. Uh, as well as Hierarchy, an- another uh, local up-and-coming band from Long Island. And, yes, Exsanguinated, uh, a band I'm in, and the listeners have probably heard me talk about by now. That's We're looking forward to that. I mean, I feel like those two day- t- those two shows, two days in a row, count as kind of a fest out here, you know? We won't call sure. we won't call it a fest, but, you know, you could, you could, we, could, we could squint and pretend we got a fest out here on Long Island. You yeah, know? man, that, that Friday one is huge. That's going to be awesome. Um, I find that's, that's on my birthday. I finally have a date oh. night planned for my wife. So we're going to be going out to eat that night. Uh, but the night before I'm going to be at that one with, um, the bowel erosion and, uh, disease. So I'm going to check that out. Sweet. Uh, man. Will, if you're going to, if you're going to go to that one, maybe we can meet up and exchange some shit. Um, if not, that no yeah, that would be a good place to, um, to, to exchange some of these tapes I got for you. Cause I would like to see these preserved. Um, yeah, no problem. And my JJ Merciless uh, CDs, those are worth a listen, yeah. man. I urge the listeners to look up JJ Merciless's Wicked Witch. Uh, there's a few tracks on YouTube. I don't know if he he's on the, the streaming route yet, man. I wish him all the best. Uh, but yeah, dude. Um, there's there's that coming up, and then um, it hasn't been announced yet, so I'm not gonna blow up any spots. I just saw Pyrexia was booked. Um, uh, for Brooklyn, Lucky Thirteen show coming up. Yeah. Uh, real, I think it's this Saturday actually. So, so um, gotta be quick to catch that. But all I'm gonna say is, listeners might watch out around Christmas time for for a real big Suffolk County death metal show coming right at you. Um, and also the Sunday after Thanksgiving, you might want to watch out for a real big de- big death metal show coming right at you. Long Island death metal is going nuts this fall uh, into the holiday season. Yeah. It's it's gonna Absolutely, be crazy, man. You know, mm-hmm. and it's there's so much stuff out there. It's it's hard to keep up with, dude. It's awesome. It's amazing how much shit is going on, like right in my backyards. For me, like it's perfect. Like, OK, like I can't make this one, but I can definitely make another one that's sick. And it's only like a month away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I've been writing down a lot of shows and it's you know, it's nice. I actually got to catch um, shot to Rob and, and the guys in Cognitive. Uh, I saw them in New York City the other day. Unfortunately, I couldn't stick around for the whole show. I had some stuff going on, but um, I was able to get out there to, what was the place? The Meadows uh, in, Brooklyn. in Brooklyn. I don't know if you've been there, man. It was my first time at, at the venue, but it was it was, it was was cool, man. And Cog- Cognitive played a great set. Um, uh, and uh, I, other than that, I'm trying to think of shows I've been to. I've told the listeners about any other show I've been to lately, probably. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that was the last one I was at was the internal bleeding over in Amityville. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we got for the out of state listeners too. This is probably the first time I'll be bringing it up on the podcast. We got we just announced with a uh, reeking aura and um, carry on uh, veil uh, unique leader records artists and uh, half 
um, Willow Tip artists who we've had on the we've had uh, on the show before and uh, will in the future. We're doing a little tour November eighth um, through the twelfth, uh, starting out in Philadelphia, going through Tennessee, Pittsburgh. One day to be announced. Um, other, other, yeah, other than that, man, uh, I would say for the listeners, please check out uh, nycmetalscene.com for shows uh, in the tri-state area and beyond. Um, uh, that's about it. But, Tom, you've been very generous with your time. Uh, like I've said a few times, I urge the listeners to check out your YouTube channel, uh, listen, check out your interviews that you did and all these demos you've you've posted and keep your eyes out for some of the new ones as they come in. Um, anything that I failed to plug or promote or that you wanted to bring up? Hmm. I think, um, I think I'm good, man. I wish we could have just fucking hung out more and just chatted. Um, but I think as far as promoting stuff goes and other stuff, I think, uh, I think I'm all set, man. Hope I didn't ramble too much. Hope you don't have to edit me fucking too much. No, no, not at all, man. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, no, I appreciate your time, man. Um, like we said, we urge the listeners to check that out and keep our eyes out for your projects as they come down the pipeline too, man. Um, any parting, parting words, for um uh not just the listeners but the the people who are uh, part of your community that you've um curated and cultivated these last few years with long island heavy metal history sure man yeah no i just want to say thank you for everyone who contributed to the page you know there's there's so much stuff that everyone has put in even if you know it's kind of seems insignificant to you like maybe it's just an old photo or whatever it's it's all important you know what i mean it's it doesn't always have to be like the rare holy grail demo tape that everyone's looking for like even just the pictures of the shows and the scans of the flyers all that stuff is amazing um and i'm just trying to do the best i can to just archive it all here um as best i can so for people that aren't on facebook i started the instagram even though i don't i don't really know how to use it that good but mm. I have the Instagram going. You can check me out there. I got the YouTube channel for people that don't do the social media thing. Um, so you can contact me. And I just want, you know, I just want to say like collaboration going forward is, is going to be key. Like this stuff, you know, I, I can't, I can't afford to, to buy every demo tape out there and, you know, let's, we can kind of share this stuff going forward. You know what I mean? I have all the stuff here. I'm local. I'm on Long Island. If anyone wants to, to meet up i'm around you know and um yeah i'm down i'm down to work with you guys like whatever i need to do to get this stuff preserved no problem at all that that being said should one of the listeners have something in the in that spirit that they'd like preserved on the channel what's a good way to contact you is there an email sure yeah um you can you can share you can share my email address the same one that that we were emailing on it's just you know mehan.thomas.r at gmail.com um if you got facebook just shoot me a message shoot me a message on um youtube shoot me a message on instagram but i'll probably bug in because i'm still in contact with anything all right, so Tom, thank you so much uh, for your time, and I really enjoyed this discussion on some of these classic Long Island bands. Um, maybe we can even get you back in the future once you've unearthed some more stuff to talk about, uh, and we'll have a part two to this, because I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface, especially with the skateboarding and the, the, the King's Park catacombs and all that sort of thing. So uh, thank you very much. I um, hope the listeners check all this stuff out, man. All right, Will. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Talk to you later.
Rolling. My new thing. I like to go and take my lunch break from my job late. I take it like an hour and a half before I clock out for the day. Okay. I get a half hour for lunch. I go to the deli. I get a cup of coffee, and I just sit in my car with the windows open, put on little tunes, sometimes not metal. Call me out here, sorry. And I, I just kind of relax. And then I go back in. I do my paperwork for the day. I leave the job, and I'm just, it's nice. It's a beautiful experience. Long Island, thank you. It did smell like Long Island. Long Island. Yeah. By the Smithtown train station. I want to I take you there one day. Yeah, by, it's. By the, by the bull statue. There is part of me that feels for people who have never really been in a Long Island deli. Because mm. I didn't, you know, growing up here, you think they're everywhere. No, they're not. And uh, they're not. I'm not even going to say the food is good across the board, but it's an experience. It, no, well, yeah, you got to have a right, the right deli. Yeah. You got to have the right deli. And just, I, I had a theory, because I, I, I think about this very often. You can kind of gauge a deli. Like, you got you to gotta get a go-to simple cold cut sandwich. Yeah. And you gauge everything about the deli right there. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. lettuce and tomato is the produce fresh. Yeah. Do they do they know how to slice? Is the slicer kept sharp? You know what I mean? Are you a fan of the little pads that some places have where you just like write your own sandwich mm. in, and then you know you circle what you want? You go, I, oh, I want a I want a hero today with a little chicken salad and bacon. I am. I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of those because they keep things nice and organized. Yeah. Nice and neat feel like it's easier on everybody. I don't have to share my private details with everybody in the deli about whether I want mayonnaise or um the, the you know the crackle sauce or whatever you got. Right. You know, yeah. like I don't want, you know, maybe I don't want everybody knowing about my tuna fish. There are guys in these delis and I embrace them, but they have like an attitude, like they know everything. Yeah. And then they forget your order like two times and <laughs> got to come back over. Like what do you want, yeah. man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. That doesn't happen to me much, but I feel like it's because I say it with such conviction. It's not often. I, I I feel like a guy like me, they they like they they know like they don't want to mess up my order, you know. Like I I take these things very seriously. It's yeah. like Gordon Ramsay. This guy you seriously look at him. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look, I I know delis <laughs> on Long Island, man. I better get the little. You know what? Oh, you know what? Here's what you want to know my pet peeve. What about when you order a sandwich and they don't do a pickle and the little tiny cup of uh, macaroni salad on yeah, the side? That I, I do like that. Don't cheap out. No. You go give me the works. You know what I mean? Or you got to ask for it. What do we? Mm. What kind of games are we playing with that? That's I understand weird. why you might have to ask for it because I mean, you got to think about the amount of high school kids that come in. Oh yeah, let me get turkey and cheese on that, and then they don't eat that shit. They just okay. throw it away. Okay. Okay. Well, I, yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. I should be bolder. Um, maybe perchance on my hunt for these macaroni salads as bold as our guest Tom Meehan, Long Island heavy metal uh Hall of Fame Hall of Famer. <laughs> Keep it. It's Keep staying it. in. Long Island heavy metal history uh curator on his quests for underground demo tapes, uh even albums, whatever recordings they are, left obscured by time of Long Island heavy metal bands. Of course, as we discussed, hardcore and crossover bands accepted as well. If you have something that we discussed with him, uh, something of that nature, that a, a jewel, a gem. He talked about uh, he was he was hunting down a demo and a girl that used to date a guy from the band who used to design all the flyers. Thought she had the tape and was looking for it, and then some other guy had. I mean, this guy's he's on the hunt out there. He's on the prowl. Yeah, 
It's good. Sometimes in life, we're all on a quest. You don't know what to do, where to go. I think we had a voicemail that addressed that very same concern, didn't we? Yeah. Not sure what I'm supposed to say. It's probably my favorite voicemail. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say either. I I feel that. I don't talk that much on the show. I feel you. I'm here now. I just Yeah, like you... I'm never really sure. I just kind of roll with it. And they should, too, whoever that was. Build on that. Leave us another voicemail. Yeah, another <laughs> sentence. How's that? Just one more sentence. Build on that. Yeah. we're No one's sure. It's okay. Yeah. It's all good. It's good. At least you called. Um, But we did have one more guest who was a little bit more convicted in what they had to tell us. Hey, Justin, Tom, and Big Will. Another recommendation from Stuttgart from your friend Jan Rademacher. And this time I have a band from Florida called Brutal Mastication. And the album is called Rage Uncontrolled and it's from 2003. And it's a great mix of obituary, jungle rock and malevolent creation. I'm really sure that you will like it. Check it out. On YouTube are just a few links, not the whole album, but um, take a listen and um, maybe you will get it on eBay also. I wish you all the best. You make great stuff always and yeah, have a good life. Bye-bye. Jan Radmacher from Stuttgart, Germany. Checking in again. Longtime supporter. I salute that man. Um, uh, Always very supportive. And this is a beautiful recommendation. We hope you have a beautiful life yourself, Jan, and continue to check in with us. I was painfully unaware of this band, Tom. I didn't know about this. This is new to me, too, but there's something very vicious about it. So even though we're only getting our first impressions, I I could see this uh, being something I'd dive into. Absolutely. My hot take from the song we listened to, what if Monstrosity was from New Jersey? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> it's just very, yeah. it's got something, the production, it's, I don't want to say raw. It's like boxy and underground and death metal, 90s death metal, 90s American, like underground brutal death metal-y. But the riffs, like you can tell, it's very it's very Florida style in the composition and in the riffs, you know? But there's mm-hmm. something in the vocals and those drums and... It's 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 got a weird kind of New York, New Jersey, East Coast, Upper East Coast type of thing going on, but with that refined Florida uh, uh, composition and musicianship. I this is cool stuff. I would say a lot of those Florida bands don't have vocals like this across the board. They're not as like open. They're a little more in the can sounding. Not yeah. not not a uh, just a. This is this is freer feeling at the elbows, you know. Yeah, yeah, a little elbow room, man. These guys, I can see these guys in Atlantic City making some elbow room. Check um, it out, bru- yeah, but brutal mastication. Shout to Jan Rodmacher. All 
right, Jan Rodmacher checking in with the hidden gem there. Brutal Mastication from Florida. I got to look more into that band. I admit when I don't know a band, a death metal band, I don't know all of them. I think I'm forgetting bands. Yeah, I wonder sometimes, does that happen? You know, like, It has, man. I, me- I re- remember talking to Justin one time, and uh, he brought in a recommendation, like, I don't know, maybe a couple months before, and then I was like, I had the, this tune or something stuck in my head, something about it, and I still can't remember, and he had no idea what the fuck he had brought in, which was uh, really disheartening. Well, shout to Justin. He's playing softball at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted the listeners to catch him up. We know where he is. We know what's going on. He's playing a um, uh, chaperoned event. It's a well-supervised chaperoned event with peers uh, participating in group activities. Shout out to Justin. It's really great group activity, man. Glad to see him getting out there and doing his thing. He does, Um, man. Yeah. Uh, So that's that. We got the uh, the voicemails. Long Island heavy metal history. Why can't I remember that now for some reason, man? I don't know. Uh, uh, but we like, I, like we were saying, check that out on YouTube. And if you're on Facebook, join the group. If you have some uh, little gem like Jan Radmacher did, you can always drop it to us on the voicemail and recommendo uh, or message us on any number of social medias that we're on. We're trying to – we might get on Twitter. We were talking – maybe we'll hire somebody. Well, we have the Twitter, but um, I'm the only one with the password, and that's a bad thing. Because I have like this very anti-social media, like thing about I don't know. It's just do you want the password life. to Heavy Hole Podcast Twitter? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I will hand it over. I don't give a shit. Yeah, we'll give it to a random person. We tr- maybe like a, a past guest or something, or a, you know who knows. That'd be great. See, I will see what happens, man. We'll give it to Colin Marston so we could do it on his flip phone. <laughs> that might be kind of yeah, Colin on the flip phone. I don't know. I would that would be a good question? We got to update an interview with Colin and see if he got a flip phone or a smartphone. See if he, see if he, <laughs> he's, he's probably uh, rotary dialing it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, it's a tube rotary dial. The fucking, you know, the, the the phone part sounds really good. He's like, no, dude, I figured out how to text you with a rotary phone. He's got like some sort of converter. <laughs> converter there. I would. It goes through the war guitar, through the strings. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. No, shout out to Colin, man. Shout out to all of our past guests. Um, thanks to everybody for listening to the Heavy Hole podcast and uh, all of our guests uh, lately and um, in the past. Uh, Tom, it was great catching up with you today. Thanks yeah, for joining man. us uh, yourself over there. Hey, thanks for having me again. It's, yeah. uh, it's an honor. <laughs> I wish I had more news, uh, metal news. <laughs> well, wait, you know what's funny? When I got the text, we, we have the little heavy old group text, and Justin said, sorry, guys, I can't make it. I'm playing softball, or sorry, I'm, I'm playing softball too. I thought it was you for a minute where I just like checked real quick, and I just didn't see who sent it. I was like, powerlifting and softball. Tom's doing Do you Do you play team sports? No, nah, I don't like them. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I, just not me yeah I, 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 I tried to be perfectly honest i'm starting to consider being in a band of team sport and i'm not sure i like it shout out to all my bandmates <laughs> <laughs> i'm just playing all right man uh we're gonna get out of here that's enough for today man check us out on the social medias uh patreon man please be patient with me man we're getting back up there i got some scripts um, we hear you out there, and and uh, there are there's we have a few messages we got to get back on. People have been messaging me since we kind of um, we dropped the tear down and that sort of thing, man. Uh, we're gonna get back to everybody and clear everything up. Um, thank you very much for bearing with us, but it is there. And besides the Patreon thing, I uh, just want to make sure everybody knows you can check out Reeking Aura on the road with Carrion Vale and Hath from November eighth through November twelfth. We're going down there in uh, Kung Fu Necktie in Philly. We're gonna be through. Um, both uh, uh, um, Nashville and Knoxville, Tennessee. 
We're going to be spending like a, a couple of days in Tennessee down there. Just careful, man. You remember yeah. uh, last time I was in Tennessee? I came back with the COVID. Whoa. I got I got it in Kid Rock's honky tonk. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kid Rock's not returning my calls anymore, man. Uh, so it's, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, you know, he he he. He bought me a pair of goggles with lights on them. I don't wear them anymore. I don't know where we lost touch. But <laughs> uh, and we're also going to be in Pittsburgh up there. Uh, shout out to Vicky you know, and, and everybody else in Pittsburgh. I miss everybody in Pittsburgh. It's been a minute. And um, uh, also, you can check out uh, October the fourteenth. That big old suffocation and internal bleeding and undeath and sanguisugabog and exsanguinated and hierarchy at the Amityville musical uh, musical. And like I said at the top, please stay tuned for uh, some other shows we're going to announce through November. November and December here on Long Island. Um, big shit popping, little shit stopping. You remember that song? Yeah, it's ringing a bell. I think that was T. Uh, that that was uh, who? Was, no, it wasn't. Um, it was not T Pain. T I, and it was a good oh. one. Hey, 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 hey,